This is Sean Sport in podcast form. Time to catch up with Jeff Benedict, who's an award-winning, a best-selling author, mm. in fact. He's, he's done a lot of sports <laughs> biographies along the journey, and one that he's bringing out now is about LeBron James. It's called LeBron, and Jeff joins us now. G'day, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me on, you guys. Appreciate it. No worries, Jeff. Sean's a bit confused because, of course, he um, is an AFL football star in his yes. previous life, and you have never asked to write a book about him. What's up with that, Jeff? <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. Jeff, you've joined a long list <laughs> of people who just say, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that. LeBron's a billionaire. Sean, yeah. I mean, just yeah. a multi-millionaire. But he's already so got the, the title, same. Sean to be wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very excited. Jeff, this is uh, it's so interesting knowing about LeBron James and doing all your research. No doubt you would have uncovered some interesting things about him. But he's such a big figure, not only in America, but just worldwide. Well, that was the appeal for me. Um, to be honest, I don't really consider myself a sports writer. Um, there aren't many athletes that I would want to spend three or four years of my life researching and writing about. Yeah. It's a huge commitment to invest that much of your life in someone else's life. And so there needs to be a lot more to that life than just the athletic part. And in LeBron's case, he is a global figure. He's the most popular athlete in China, biggest country in the world. Yep. Uh, he has a huge footprint in Europe um, and, and all over the Asian rim. He, he is certainly the biggest athlete in America. You know, in the UK, he is incredibly popular. And so... There's a fascination with him that goes way beyond basketball. Part of that was certainly helped by Nike. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. You know, basically Nike has had three athletes that have carried the company worldwide. First it was Jordan, then yep. it was Tiger, and, and now it's LeBron. And LeBron, um, part of his empire has been built on the, you know, with Nike. And Nike did a an incredible job bringing LeBron to China his first year in the NBA and LeBron has gone to China for 20 consecutive years. And so he's not just someone who goes over there and sells shoes. He's become so much more than that. And I think that the, so I spent a lot of time in the book about, you know, going through the story of how Nike got LeBron because it's actually a w far more compelling story than how Nike landed Michael Jordan. Yeah, right. Oh, they, really? paid him, they paid him 90 million before he turned pro. Is that right? Think about the time. This is this is in the year 2003. So we're going back 20 years. Yeah. LeBron is 18 years old. Wow. He's still in high school. He has not graduated oh. yet. And Nike um, put $90 million <laughs> on the table to sign him, which was an astronomical number that was way beyond what he was going to earn in salary as a basketball player. And so... One of the things it did was it gave LeBron an enormous amount of power and flexibility before he even entered the league. He was so financially insulated yeah. that it just gave him a lot more control than a, than a professional athlete would normally yeah. have. But, but pressure too. Pressure comes with that. You know, we've seen people like Dave Chappelle be offered massive multi $100 million contracts and then not be able to, you know, the pressure of it was too much. So, I mean, he was lucky in that he could live up to that expectation because there's a lot of expectation. I would say I wouldn't attribute it to luck, though. You said pressure, and you're 100% right. And Nike knew they were putting pressure on him. Yeah. And that's why they called their first commercial pressure. Yeah, yeah. right. 
That was the name of the first Nike ad that LeBron shot. Yeah. And it aired, it aired throughout the United States on the night that LeBron played his first game as a professional athlete at 18. Wow. And it's all about pressure. And LeBron, the thing about LeBron, and this is why I said it wasn't luck that he survived the pressure, because LeBron knew, he understood that he was the magnitude of the pressure. He knew what the expectations were. And in that first commercial, you see the playfulness in him, but also the sophistication when he sort of laughs and grins at the end of the commercial, like, yeah, I know that everybody is waiting for me to kind of fall on my face, but that isn't going to happen. Wow. Isn't it amazing if they could just really relay their thoughts in the commercials and he doesn't know until he sees it and then the next one's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's lawsuit. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Hey, how do you get the information on LeBron? We know there's so much out there that's been regurgitated everywhere, right? Yeah. So to find something yeah. fresh, what do you do? Do you have to go into his life and do you have to go into people that know him and are they forthcoming or is it like, – where are you finding your info i don't want to say too much about that just i'll say some but to be honest like i have sort of my own way of doing biographies um and and i'm also trying to do something very different than what a sports writer might do who is writing a biography on an athlete Hmm. i am trying to do i'm trying to write a book that feels like a novel when you read it okay that feels like a story I'm less interested in like reciting the statistics and and telling you all the things you already know, because like you said, there's a lot of things that have been written about him. And plus, we've watched him in the in on television. So I'm looking for stories that people don't know that are fascinating, but also insightful in terms of helping you understand. Oh, so that's why he as a professional passes the ball so much instead of shooting it. Oh, right. He, he, there's only five five or six players in the history of professional basketball who have more assists than LeBron. And think about it. LeBron holds the all-time scoring record, but yep. he's also almost got the all-time assist record. Why does he pass so much? Jordan didn't do that. No, Kobe didn't. didn't do that. Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell didn't do that. LeBron does that because when he was a very little boy, and he grew up without a dad and he didn't have many friends and he was very lonely. And when he finally got put on a little youth basketball team with some other little kids, his coach, what he saw was a kid who was a little bigger than the other kids and seemed to have some natural talent that the other kids didn't have. But he didn't pass because he didn't have to. He could yeah. score. Yeah. Nobody could stop him from scoring. So he would just score because... Yeah. What he was taught was the goal is to take that ball and put it in that hoop. Mm. Mm. And so he would do that. And his coach said to him one day in the car on the way home, if you pass the ball, the other kids will want to play with you. Oh, oh my God, that's oh. heartbreaking. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh Jeff. That's so annoying. And so what does LeBron do? Oh. I mean, the coach only had to say it one time. Yeah. Suddenly LeBron starts... as a little kid yeah he's constantly passing the ball it got to the point where the coaches had to tell him to shoot more (laughs) (laughs) because he could score at will so when you get in the games and you kind of need to win and you need someone to get a basket lebron can do that and so it's interesting when he became a professional 
One of the things he got criticized for was passing too much, which, by the way, the great players like Irvin Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, they never criticized LeBron for yeah. passing too much. Never. Yeah, yeah Jeff, yeah. that was so interesting, that period. I remember it so clearly. He had chances to take game-winning shots. People saying, why isn't he just taking the game on? Because like he, he wanted friends. Yeah. But, and he was passing the ball. So that's really interesting. And then there's phases. So so um, you're talking about having the kids in the playground liking him and becoming yeah. friends. And through his career, there's been moments of that where he's put himself out there and people have come down hard on him um, outside whether he's been a spokesperson for bits and pieces or when he went to Miami and he, and he put himself up, he put himself out there, people wanted to jump in on him. Then he was wondering right. why people felt that way about him yeah. and how he could turn the tide back in his favour. So he's very, he, he was dictated a lot with how people perceived him, wasn't he? Yeah. The, the, the first time that LeBron really ever experienced massive unpopularity yeah. in his entire life, was when he announced he was leaving Cleveland to go to Miami. Yeah. You know, prior to that, LeBron had never been really the target of any kind of hatred. Um, you know, he, there were fans who didn't necessarily like him in other cities, but that's typical in any sport. Um, this was different. When he went to Miami, it was hatred. He was the ha most hated athlete in America in any sport. Um, when he went back to Cleveland four years later, all of that changed mm. it, it changed you know pretty quickly particularly when he made good on the promise and delivered a championship to cleveland a city that hadn't won anything in over 50 years and it would have been a lot easier for lebron to stay in miami with the super team that had been built for him he would have won a lot more championships if he'd stayed in miami he, he probably would have caught and passed michael if he just stayed in Miami. Wow. Yeah. And people people forget about how LeBron actually took a much harder road when he left to go to Cleveland, a team that was terrible. I mean, they, they were not a good team. Then he went there, and because he went back there, he was able to recruit other players who would have never gone to Cleveland except they wanted to play with LeBron. And so suddenly Cleveland built a great team and then won a title. Have you met him, Jeff? Have you had a conversation with him? No, I no. haven't. And <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because tonight, um, it's nighttime here in America yeah. right now. And uh, just before I got on the air with you guys, um, I did an event here in Miami. Mm. And uh, there was a guy in the front row who actually is a friend of LeBron's. Yeah. And I didn't know that during the event. But, you know, he came up to me after and introduced himself. And you never know who's in the audience, yeah. you know. And um, I, I hope that the people who are closest to LeBron will see that I I tried uh, as hard as I possibly could to capture him as he is. You know yeah. what would be amazing? A real a real um, uh, feather in your cap is if his friends are to read the book and go, I didn't know that about him. That's the real. Wouldn't that be that would be the amazing thing? Because I still yeah. don't get where you where you got that um the coach story. Yeah. Like, and I know that you've got to keep some of your sources stuff, but like that seems yeah. so personal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And from yeah. so long ago. Yeah. 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 It is a long time ago, and you have to. Um, I look for a lot of things that that are sort of um, it's sort of like mining for gold. Mm. Yeah. You know, you you um you drop your 
tools down in the shallow water. And a lot of times when you pull it up, there's nothing in the basket. Yeah, sure. So you just Drop make it again. up then or? <laughs> no, no, but you gotta just, you gotta keep working yeah, and yes. try to find a vein. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you hit a vein, you want to exploit it as much as you can really very much like gold digging. Yeah. I mean, once you strike a vein, you want to exploit it and get in there. And so as a storyteller, when you find a vein, you want to really go in there and, and I'm, I'm staying away from the storylines that everybody already knows yeah. Yeah. because nobody wants to read a book and say, well, there's nothing in here. I yeah. didn't already know, you know, for sure. Yeah. The Hey, Jeff, after doing all your research on In Your Opinion, you, everyone, so we've had this discussion before, particularly when LeBron took over um, Kareem, Kareem's scoring title over here. Yeah. You, you go, okay, so where does he stand? Because everyone is saying, oh, a lot of people still say Michael, Michael, Michael. But you go through a lot of stuff about him comparing Michael, and he's miles ahead other than the fact that he hasn't won the six championships right. But the other right. thing is the difference, I think, is – LeBron's been involved in the political landscape. He stood up for Black Lives Matters a lot, and he speaks about it all the time. He's got his school for underprivileged children and all that. He does a lot on a social aspect. And Michael Jordan, I believe, he didn't put himself to a campaign of a political figure, and I don't think he ever put himself in social, socially important no. issues. Is that right? Yeah, it is right. I think there's only one thing I'll say about LeBron on the basketball front, which is he's the only player that has brought three different franchises an NBA title. I mean, think about that. Yeah. He went to three teams that were not good teams and he turned them into champions. Cleveland was a terrible team. He brought them a title. The Lakers were a terrible team. <laughs> he won a title. He went to Miami and won two titles. That's all I'll say about basketball. Yeah. The more important thing I think about LeBron is instead of comparing him to Michael Jordan on the basketball court, we ought to be comparing him to Muhammad Ali. Okay. That's the better comparison. He's a worldwide global figure who has stepped out and done a lot more than just compete as an athlete. He's changed the culture. He's injected himself into things that are controversial because he's motivated by things other than money. And I think that really it's like, it's LeBron and Muhammad Ali. Like to me, that's the better comparison. Just before we let you go, I just want to know what was more fun writing um, uh, the book LeBron or your other book poisoned the true story of the deadly E. coli outbreak that changed the way Americans eat. <laughs> that was not a fun book to write. <laughs> it was a very sad book. Um, but it is going to be a, a film on Netflix starting in June. Yeah, oh, right. Oh. The E. coli. The e. coli. E. coli one. Yeah, Poison <laughs> will be on Netflix starting wow. in June. Wow. We'll be at the Tribeca Film Festival in, a few, in June, and then it'll be streaming on Netflix. The movie is called Poison, just like the book. Yes. And um, the book has been brought out again by Simon Schuster. So wow. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a serious subject. Oh, it's been, been great being on you guys. Thank hey, you Jeff, so really much, appreciate Jeff. your time, mate. Everyone can grab hold of uh, the book, LeBron. I'm sure that people want to know the inside and outside of the yeah. great man. And um, check out all of his other works as well. I mean, because mm. Poison is going to be in yeah. the next week's show. Um, Jeff Benedict, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Sean Sport is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcast.com.au.